0: You ever gone fishing? Can't say that I've really done it that much. My dad was never quite an outdoorsman kind of guy, so I never went fishing that much. But whether you went fishing or not, whether you like it or not, just take a moment and think what fishing really is. Fishing basically is a fisherman trying to catch a fish, and so they they have a hook. And they put something on the hook, a lure, a a worm, something that the fish is going to want to eat. And actually, really think about it, the fisherman is going to try to put something that is irresistible, something that looks so yummy to that fish that it can't help but take a bite. And when it takes a bite in that lure, that hook grabs in and and that fisherman has his fish. And so... uh, well as for, for someone that really likes fishing and, and fishing for a lot of different kind of fish, in their tackle box, they're going to have a bunch of different kind of lures. One for, for each kind of fish that they want to get. I don't know if you've ever, ever thought of it this way, but Satan has like a, a tackle box full of different lures. Temptations for... For so many different people. Um, let me just say this before we get any further. Satan is real, he is pure evil. And he wants to catch you, he wants you dead, he wants you forever in hell. And so for this sermon series, Lured, we're going to look at some of those lures, some of those temptations that the devil drops and dangles right in front of us. Today we're going to look at the, at the first, um, the oldest, and some might even say the best lure. It is the lure, the temptation to want more. Now when we look at Genesis 3, which uh, Pastor Cook read earlier, uh, some things become pretty obvious right away. And the first is that Satan lures us with lies. If you're a fill-in-the-blank kind of person, that's our first fill-in-the-blank. In fact, Jesus himself called Satan the father of lies. That's his, his native language, is lying. Let's look at Genesis 3. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Okay, right away when you read this, a, a talking snake? That's weird. Not normal. And it wasn't. Okay, Adam had named all the animals. He saw all these amazing creatures that God had created not one of them talked this was not normal because this really wasn't a snake this was satan and with just a a little question did god really say he he planted a seed of doubt let's go on the woman said to the serpent we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from fruit, uh, fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. Now here's the thing about lies. Every good lie has truth in it. So what's the truth in what Satan said? Well, they would know good and they would know evil. They knew good. They had been living the the perfect life. They were living good. And once they ate that fruit, they would know evil. Evil. Before this, it was perfect. Now, once they ate, they would know what pain and disease and suffering and death was. Satan was absolutely true. They would know good and they would know evil. So what was the lie? They would be like God. They they, they had the good life. They had the perfect life. But the devil planted that idea, that that lure that if they ate the fruit, it would be even better. They would have more than they had already. See, with with that temptation, that question, did God really say that? that? There's something kind of hidden behind it, kind of assumed, that maybe God is holding out on you that maybe there, there's something more that he isn't giving you. That was the, the, the lure that the devil sent to Adam and Eve. And that leads us to the next point then. Satan's lures appear delightful, but hide death. Adam and Eve literally had the perfect life, Right? And with this lure, this so pleasant, so delightful, they could have more. This lure, it actually brought death. Literally death. There was no death before this. There was no pain, no suffering. There was no broken relationships, no anxiety, no no awkward socialness. There was nothing like this. Eating that fruit... Getting them to, to want more than they had. It brought death. And at the end of this chapter, Pastor Cook read this. They wore death. You realize that? God had given them clothing of skin. Animal skin. Something that had been alive just moments before. Now they were, they were wearing and then years later, their first son ended up killing their second son. The first murder, and we'll talk about that next week. But, but here, Satan did hear, I guess, the original bait and switch, right? He came with them with the lure, one thing, and then switched around and ended up becoming death. this is real this is serious for just a moment i'm going to turn a little humorous i I grew up in wisconsin and uh, when i was growing up there the 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 people that made cheese in wisconsin had this advertising campaign a lot of commercials and and the tagline for every one of them was behold the power of cheese The, the idea was People thought cheese was so great they would do anything in order to to get the cheese. Well, there's one commercial that didn't have people that had goldfish in a bowl. Uh, Quality of the video is not the best, but let's take a look at this. Cheese was so good. Actually, that's a perfect illustration for temptation, isn't it? The lure is so good. But in the end, you're like fish out of water. It's delightful, but it brings death. Which brings us to then the next point here. Reality is Satan wants your eternal death. That is a reality. Does um, does Satan use this lure, this, this temptation still today? Have you looked at your credit card bill? Students. Yeah, you have a hard, hard time doing homework sometimes because you, you want to watch that next video. You want to play that next level. Cheating on a spouse happens because you want something more. We heard in the gospel reading today Judas stole money because he wanted more. Do you have child envy, envious of what someone else's kid can do? Or or golf, envy, envious of what someone else can do on, on the course. I mean, the devil dangles this lure in front of us, still today. But the thing is, Satan wants your eternal death. This is a um, a strong lure, a strong temptation to want more. Back when I was in college, I I had a a very short-term job um, selling door-to-door vacuum cleaners. Kirby vacuum cleaners. It was very short-lived because I didn't sell any of them. (laughs) But one of the guys I, I trained with, the first vacuum he sold was to his uncle. Now, his uncle already had a Kirby vacuum cleaner. But he told his uncle, well, you know, that's, that's the old model. We, we have the, the better, the, the newer one. He lied. He sold his uncle the exact same vacuum cleaner made $400 off of his uncle because his uncle wanted something more, something better. If you like texting, there, there's a phrase, FOMO. Fear of missing out. It's a fear that that you're going to miss out on something, that you don't have something another person has, that you don't have everything you need or want. And the devil has been using this lure for thousands of years, and he still uses it today. Because if he gets us to focus on what we don't have, wanting something else, then we take our focus off of God. Satan wants your eternal death. If he gets us to focus on that fruit, something that we don't have yet, if he focuses us on on what we don't have instead of what we do have, He's got us pretty good. Which leads us then to the next point. Reality number two, Satan, Jesus, defeated Satan. So in Genesis 3, obviously we see this first lure, this first temptation, but we also see God's love. He promised a Savior, but even before that we see God's love He went to the Garden of Eden and called out, where are you? Now, He knew where Adam and Eve were. He knew what they had done. So why did He call out, where are you? It was God reaching out to them. They were hiding. He was reaching out to them, calling them to, to repentance. He was coming to them. And actually, even the fact that He didn't wipe them off the face of the earth right then and there. That was God's love. He didn't do that. Instead, He gave a promise. The first promise of a Savior. Actually first spoken to the devil, but spoken so that Adam Adam and Eve can hear. He said, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. This offspring of Eve, some, some further descendant, ultimately would one day destroy, crush the serpent's head. It's talking about Jesus. Jesus never once gave in to all the lures and the temptations that the devil threw at Him. and said He offered His life on that cross to pay for every time that you and I give in, that we take the bite. But that wasn't it. Jesus showed that He had defeated, that He had crushed Satan. When he rose from the dead. And it wasn't just Satan he had defeated. Death itself. Sin had been paid for. Now, Satan struck his heel. Jesus died. But that was not the end. Jesus defeated Satan. That's the reality. Now, this was last week, a, uh, someone sent me this picture, This drawing pretty cool on the left you have Eve okay and if you look at her feet you, you see the snake around one foot she's eaten the fruit but on the right is Mary the mother of Jesus and and she's pregnant with Jesus and and right there for for, for Eve that is her Savior and not only was he Mar- was Eve's and Mary's he, he's our Savior too Jesus Defeated, Satan. Now, Satan, with that question, right? Did did God really say this? Was planting that seed of doubt that that you know maybe maybe God's holding out on something that He He doesn't want you to have something. And the reality was, God was holding out on Adam and Eve. He didn't want them to have pain and suffering, and death. Instead, He wanted to give them eternal life in heaven and it's the same thing for us. That is why Jesus defeated Satan. Now, until that day when Jesus comes to take us to heaven, Satan's still around. Still dangling those lures right in front of us. So what do we do? Well, first of all, recognize it for what it is. It is a lure. It may look delightful. It may be very tempting. It may be something we want more than we have. But understand that behind that lure is a hook. And that the devil's goal is that we die eternally in hell. So, so understand it for what it is. And then, remember that God is good. He wants us to be with Him in heaven. That's why He sacrificed His own Son, Jesus, for us. So, when you are Lord, recognize it for what it is. Remember that this lure is from Satan who, who wants nothing but death. And not only may God allow you to recognize that, but that He, he gives you the strength to, to swim away. And when you don't, when you take the lure, may God give you the grace to see what Jesus has already done for you. My friends, when you are Lord, may you see Jesus, amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ. When temptation comes, and it comes every day, help us to see who's behind it. And Lord, help us to to fight it, to, to swim away. But when we do give in, and we do, Lord, take us directly to you. What you have done on the cross, your sacrifice, because you want us at your side in heaven. Lord, be with us every day, seeing you in every day. We ask this in your name. Amen.